Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. This is the sixth week of Easter, and this week, instead of being together live with Dulce and Taryn and David and myself, we recorded some of our parts remotely um, and ended up having a discussion about the scripture over the phone. And unfortunately, Taryn wasn't able to join us for that this week, but we'll hopefully all be together again for next time, and the audio quality should be a little better too. Um, Speaking of next time, we will not be releasing a new podcast, uh, nor will we have our typical live stream gathering next week, because we as a staff and volunteers at Bloom, and hopefully you too, will be taking some time off for Memorial Day weekend. So I hope you're able to find some time to enjoy yourself over the holiday weekend, and that you search for and find the beauty that is all around us, and that you're continually drawn in to live beautiful and meaningful lives in Christ. So now let's get into the liturgy for this week. In baptism, we died with Christ, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we might walk in newness of life. Let us receive new life in him as we confess our sin in penitence and faith. Like Mary at the empty tomb, We fail to grasp the wonder of your presence. Lord, have mercy. Like the disciples behind locked doors, we are afraid to be seen as your followers. Christ, have mercy. Like Thomas in the upper room, we are slow to believe. Lord, have mercy. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sin and restore us in his image to the praise and the glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray to Jesus, who is present with us to eternity. Jesus, light of the world, bring the light and peace of your gospel to the nations. Jesus, Lord of life, in your mercy. Jesus, bread of life, give food to the hungry, and nourish us all with your word. Jesus, Lord of life, in your mercy, hear us. Jesus, our way, our truth, our life, be with us and all who follow you in the way. Deepen our appreciation of your truth and fill us with your life. Jesus, Lord of life. In your mercy, hear us. Jesus, good shepherd who gave your life for the sheep, recover the straggler, bind up the injured, strengthen the sick, and lead the healthy and strong to new pastures. Jesus, Lord of life. In your mercy, hear us. Jesus, the resurrection and the life, We give you thanks for all who have lived and believed in you. Raise us with them to eternal life. Jesus, Lord of life. In your mercy, hear us. Accept our prayers and be with us always. Amen. Though the tears fall from our eyes 
The ground in turn is watered Creation springs from the earth So new life can come out of our sorrow Though grief holds on to our hearts Its grip is beginning to loosen With hope we look to the Lord To where our help comes from When we've said all there is to say Our words feel shallow and empty You give us a reason to sing And turn our morning to dancing Oh, rivers of living water Flow from your heart into ours So fill us to overflowing Until we thirst no more In you our souls find rest You hold and hymn us in the longings of Sometimes you speak like thunder Sometimes it's more like a whisper We wait in anticipation And look for what you're resurrecting We watch and listen and wonder To the ways in which you are working We pray hearts wide open to hear your voice, O oh God. And in you our souls find rest, you hold and hymn us in the longings of our hearts.
Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. O oh God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things, that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 14. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. The Gospel of the Lord. So really this passage picks up where we left off last time. Jesus is in a sense saying goodbye to his friends and followers. And that comes at a time where there's a felt loss of hope among them because what they had hoped for in Christ and what they had given their entire lives to in the last several years is this dream of the kingdom of God being established on the earth. And although there is a plan in place in the mind of God, they're not able to see that. And so what they see, what they feel is their friend, their rabbi, and their Messiah departing them. And so that's, again, where they are. Last week in the passage that we had, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. This week, he talks more about something that's coming for them, a promise, the Spirit of God. But in both passages, he's speaking into that place of hopelessness, into that place of loss they most assuredly feel. And again, these passages come to us at a place where it's not that difficult to relate. It's not too hard of a jump to make, to feel, even in part, what the disciples felt in that loss of hope, of a beautiful world and all things being made new in Christ, like we can find ourselves in a not so different place than them. I think, I feel like this really reminds me of um, a conversation I had recently with my spiritual director. We just keep hitting these areas in my life that feel like impossible. And mm. I just have always lived with this idea, like in heaven, I'll be whole. And in heaven, these won't be issues anymore. And 
she prayed to close it. And she said, I pray that Jesus surprises you with how much wholeness he can provide this side of heaven. Hmm. And it's kind of changed my perspective on what Jesus is doing here on earth. Like Mm. that there is this like future thing, but that there's work to be done here. Um, that feels impossible, but he's saying like these things are possible um, even before I come again. Uh, so it just it's really reminding me of that and just uh, yeah, well timed because <laughs> again, it's just been uh, a week full of a lot of voices and a lot of of loud voices um, wanting to be heard and wanting to be seen, and mm-hmm. me feeling like there's not enough healing to go around for this, like really feeling that, like, how does this get fixed? Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of bringing me a little hope to be like, he was about doing these works here on earth, uh, as well as the wholeness that is promised um, in the future. It's just so human to, uh, I mean, you see the humanity in the disciples of their story of their hearts being ignited by Christ and being drawn into something far more beautiful and compelling and really true to who they know themselves to be at the core, uh, really than anything they could have imagined before. So Christ, you know, reached into their hearts and ignited something. He switched on hope and they journey with him for years and years and they see him raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons and be a voice of justice and truth and compassion and grace. And this, you know, the heart starts to hope. And so that it's, so it starts to roll and starts to gain momentum and traction. And they see what could happen, you know, glimpses of societies being transformed and and they're, they're caught up in this whole vision of the new humanity, which Jesus calls the kingdom of God. And then in these passages, Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to die at the hands of men, and one of you will betray me. And that happens. And in these passages, they're, they're, they're holding this tension between, but you're the one that started this all in us. You're the one that called us to hope and reached into our lives that were mediocre before and caused us to live beautiful lives, daring lives and lives that displayed everything that we've seen in you, embodied in you. Christ. And now you're saying that it all ends. So there's this place that we can certainly understand of what does it mean to hope on this side of eternity? What does it mean to hope as a human? And what does it mean to hope when Jesus isn't physically with us, right? Like, it's easy to hope when somebody is performing all of these things in front of you. He's doing is handing that off to us, right? It is a, you do have to believe different things about uh, I don't know. I just, I think it's easy to believe in a hopeful situation when you're with the person who is able to heal and to perform these miracles and to bring that hope um, and where it feels really close to home for me anyway, is that I'm feeling that void. Like Jesus is physically not in the room with me doing those things. Um And so I have to believe in the hope of what he says, which is you will do greater things to bring healing and hope and restoration to the world. And I'm just, I'm feeling that gap right now. 
Yeah. Well, and you're speaking to our reality of we can't see the man Jesus walking around on the earth. And so, and you're really speaking into the future disappointment that the disciples are facing of you're saying we're going to be okay. You're saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. You're saying that you're giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we have no idea what that even means, but it's not going to be okay because you're not going to be here anymore. Right. Right. And so on the other side of this, that is a place that we can relate to the people in the story. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, that it's better for them that he leaves so that the Holy Spirit come. And in the, in the Greek, that language is paraclete, helper, counselor, friend, that the Spirit of God would make home in you. And that is to say that what Jesus is talking about, in a sense, is the next manifestation of the incarnation of Christ in our world, where we have seen Christ incarnate in the man, Jesus. So now we see Christ incarnate through the body of Christ the church, through the ones who love him and who obey him and, and does what he says. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this. And it's, it's interesting because Judas asked this question, why don't you just reveal yourself to the world? And then his answer is so strange to our ears, but it, but it starts to make sense when you sit with it, that he's saying, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Meaning, I am showing myself to the world. I am revealing myself to the world. Christ will be known, but it will not be in the form that you have experienced. It will be through people filled with the Holy Spirit, Christ incarnate as the body of Christ. That is how Christ is revealed to the world. So he's speaking of of our age that we're in. I think you're right. I mean, I think that's why I feel like, oh, can you imagine? It's almost maybe worse for them to have like lived through someone who could do it so perfectly and so well, and then have that taken away then us who have been kind of, that's just always been our reality. We've always had to kind of walk in that paradigm. So fear and hope and disappointment are met in Christ with another reality, with a beautiful reality, that we are the continuation of the incarnation of Christ on the earth. And that gives us the same hope that it gave the disciples, that in these times, when we look around and it feels like everything that we believe for and every good that we have given ourselves to is shaky, that we remember our identity as those who love Christ and who follow him and embody the spirit of God on the earth. And to every hopeless and dark situation, Christ meets us with our identity and says to us, this is who you are in this. This is why you'll be okay, because I'm never leaving you. You are not orphans. In fact, you are the embodiment of grace and peace and kindness and all that God is to us on the earth. So in every time we remember that, we draw back to that reality and into the presence of the one who never leaves us, just like they did. Just like those before us, just like those that will come after us, we draw back into our reality. And we ask again, as best we can, Spirit of God, fill us, that we would be the body of Christ in the world, and that all that you are flow through us 
through our actions, our words, our lives, that we would see the same things that we saw in Jesus, that we'd see those same things manifest in us. I think as as we kind of get closer into Pentecost, that's like the next big season for the church. Obviously, we're going to hear mm-hmm. more about the Holy Spirit, but you don't often hear about the time like right before Pentecost. Obviously, it's in our lectionary for a reason. Right before Pentecost, you can see that they're kind of trying to get us ready for it. But you can see that they, they're they like so confused by, by what Jesus is talking about. Oh, yeah. And I get that. Totally. Yeah, because they have no concept of what's to come. I mean, they cannot begin to imagine what is in the mind of God to be accomplished on earth and and even through them. And so they're, we feel that weight of waiting. You've taken away the one that we follow, that we love, that we have found hope and inspiration from. And now you're saying it's better that we're left alone, but we're not left alone because you're sending the Spirit of God to live in us. And that sounds good maybe to them, but mm-hmm. there's no way they can comprehend what it is. So as we approach Pentecost, we can most certainly appreciate that season of waiting because everything that they had hoped for is gone. And so they wait and they hope that everything that Jesus said in this passage, in this conversation to them is true, and that there really will be a time where they feel that intimacy again at the deepest level of who they are with the one they have come to know and love and to follow. So I'm with you that this sets up Pentecost, but it's just what happened, and it helps us appreciate what happened on the day of Pentecost in in a deeper way. I wonder if the disciples were feeling a lot of pressure when Jesus said that to them, because he's like, you're going to do even greater things than me. And I'm sure they're like, what? (laughs) Like, how does that even work? And yet we see as the story of scripture kind of plays out that they're doing the same things, they're healing, they're, um, you know, they're helping people. And I think a lot of people see that and they're like, well, that's what happened back then. But, you know, now the spirit's, you know, whatever, the spirit's not working in the same way that he was. But it's not true. You still see those miracles. You still see those things happening. You still see the Spirit working and moving and Christ through us doing amazing things. Um, and so it's, it's cool to see kind of where that began for the disciples as they were trying to think about what their lives are going to look like as Jesus leaves and this new person, you know, is coming into their, their lives through the Spirit and how they're, I'm sure they have, a, I'm sure they feel a lot of pressure, like what's coming next and what they're supposed to be doing, what their role is, you know, in continuing Jesus's legacy. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Seth. I think, again, there's that juxtaposition of like having been with someone who could do it perfectly um, and the pressure, like, I don't know, in some ways that does kind of relieve the rest of us, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it does or not, but I'm just thinking like, I know how competitive I am even with myself. And so there is maybe a freedom that we get to just pray and hope and be Christ on this side of it, not having physically known Christ. It would have been terrible pressure. I would have hated it. But I guess I feel that too sometimes. And it just calls us back to what Jesus was saying, right? of I'm sending you the helper. I mean, he knows what's in their hearts. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows the hearts of 
humanity and that feeling of like, but I'm not good enough for this, but I, I can't carry on everything that you have embodied. And it, it's, it's kindness that he says, I'm sending you a helper, an encourager, a friend to not just to walk beside you, but to reside within you. It's a new reality. Yeah. And that's the reality we live in. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's really why everything that we do in our community revolves around that place of coming together open to the Holy Spirit to say, we need everything that you can give us. We need the fullness of who you are, or we're going to wander around hopeless and and frustrated and giving up on ourselves. And, and we're going to lose that picture of what life in Christ really is. We're going to lose that picture of, of beautiful lives filled with the spirit. If we don't come every day saying yes, reside in me. Yeah. Thanks for that reminder. Actually, Dave, I think I forget about the Holy spirit and you don't have to record this, but <laughs> I do forget that the Holy spirit was meant to fill the place of physical Jesus that we aren't alone. Um, like mm-hmm. that the weight of being perfect or, um, like responding perfectly or, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, having the ability to heal, that isn't actually on my shoulders. That's actually the work that the Holy Spirit does with me, through me. But yeah, that was that was a really helpful reminder. Yeah, Dulcie, when you say that we forget, that's so true. We, uh, we forget to ask. We forget at times that everything that we need to live lives that reflect the kingdom of God and and that are inspiring, that everything we need has been provided. And so for them, the invitation was, can you believe that it's coming? For us, it's, will you believe that it has come? Will you open yourself up to the one that I've sent, the Holy Spirit? And in these times in which we find ourselves, most of the time, that's all I can do is remember and, and pray really simply, Spirit of God, fill me inspire me, reside in me, like you said that you would be my helper and my friend. And we believe that through that indwelling, Christ within us and among us, that we live in a way that displays Christ to the world and that the world is drawn into the beauty and the reality of the kingdom. Really now more than ever, may we remember what has been provided for us. Gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And Bloom, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and bring you peace. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus.